Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, the pod named after the fact that in Australia you have to stay up all night to watch European football, yada, yada, yada. But if you can't, don't stress. We've got you covered. Sure, there's ample ways to find streams of matches through various accounts and a plethora of ways to watch highlights. What do you think the collective noun is for highlights? A plethora of highlights? A horde of highlights? A murder of highlights? We'll go with that. There's a murder of highlights out there that you can find. However, and a big however, you might be able to catch it all, but we highly encourage you to tune in and listen to two Australian football nuffies on the internet. What better way to get your footballing discourse than by two Sunday League armchair idiots who will no doubt just end up talking about how much they hate referees after drinking too much. Well, if that's what you're into, welcome aboard. And if you enjoy it, stick around, tell your friends, get around us on Facebook, all of that stuff, shameless plug, blah, blah, blah. Now, I am, of course, one of these two idiots. Sammy is my name. Tommy is over there on the other side of the interwebs. Thomas, can I kick off this week by asking you, has football been that much more exciting this season? Or is it just because stadiums are full and songs are being sung on the terraces around Europe? Riddle me that. Sam, you're sounding well. That was a, that was a banger. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a Courtney horse of highlights is what it is. A Courtney horse. Yeah, a Courtney horse, yeah. Named in honour of uh, everyone's favourite larrikin on the weekend. Scoring and then giving away a pen. Fuck, you know. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question. I think it's almost like, for me, it's chicken or the egg. Because I, I wonder if the players' performances have taken it up another notch um, because the fans are back in the stadium. I thought on the weekend, you could look at every game in the Premier League and be like, shit, that's, that was an entertaining game like that was a great game maybe it was the way they all lined up like six of the big teams played each other and then you sort of had some scraps with the mid-table guys but yeah the fans the fans are around it the attendances are good they're loud which is the main thing um either like in support or disgruntled which is great there's fans everywhere turning on their managers right now which is fucking brilliant to see i don't know what do you reckon yeah no i uh i think it's probably just because there's spectators in the grounds like, uh, I found it tough watching highlights of games last season and a bit, you know, with no crowds. You watch the highlights and it's just, as much as we love the game, when there's when the stadiums are full and there's crowds, uh, the cheer of a goal. I think I remember as a kid, the, the big, like, growing up in a family that only watched, like, AFL footy, Aussie rules footy. And, you know, they, there's a lot of goals. The crowd isn't as wild for every goal because they happen so often. And then in soccer, I watched the game of soccer and I bang, one goal and just the place going absolutely nuts. And I love that. And we're getting that. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, that's probably a bit childish, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Limbs, limbs, every goal, every game. I think it was like best exemplified um, a couple of days ago when um, Brian played Palace. And Zaha, when he set, when he scored for Palace, celebrated by cupping his ears to the crowd. And then when um, Mopai <laughs> scored that one right again, he did the same thing <laughs> to oh, the yeah. opposition fans. Yeah, we um, we'll probably <laughs> get to so that good. game because uh, Neil Mopai, Neil Mopay is our. I'm, I'm, is, yeah, commentators are pronouncing we'll it, it differently. We'll get to it. We'll go. We'll, go more we'll get to it. How about? Um, I think we're just going to work our way chronologically through the weekend of top flight English football. Um, because it was it was absolutely brilliant. I must confess, we'll start with the the game at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea versus City. 
must confess, I only saw the second half due to the the Bogan Ball Grand Final being played um, in Perth. But uh, mm. I caught the second half, and apparently the first half was pretty similar. And I could not believe how dominant Manchester City were. Amazing. What did you think of this one? It was unreal. It was like, could Pep finally get one back over Tuchel after last season? He got trounced in by him in three three different fixtures. And he did it. He really did it. But I wonder, was it, was it because there was less adventure shown by Chelsea in this game? They didn't seem to be able to cope with City's high press as well as they have previously. And I think that could be maybe that they lined up a little bit too deep, too defensively perhaps. Um, so maybe maybe he shot himself in the foot there. I'm like really excited to see him play in the, in the return fixture now and hopefully yeah. Chelsea open up like they did last season. Yeah, 100%. Because um, we've been big on Chelsea this year. We thought Chelsea and City would be the two teams that go toe-to-toe, like a Western showdown. Um, City just, I don't know. They, It's scary when they play like this because they've played a few games this year where you've thought, oh, gee, oh, I don't know about them. Last week they had that nil-all draw with Southampton and everyone's just like, oh, gee, oh I don't know. Oh, should have signed Harry Kane, need a striker. Oh. And then they go and beat Chelsea 1-0 and they, ah, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. They're going to piss it in. But this is just, this looks like uh, a lot of the football content I consumed this week said the same thing about City. And that's that this is how they play when it looks like they're about to go on a run of like 15 games in a row without dropping points or something ridiculous. Yeah, exactly like they did last season. I think maybe, you know, the last few games for City have been forgotten just because of how dominant they were against Chelsea. Um, Yeah. Although, you know, what could be said of them slipping up against PSG during the week, but that's for another day. Yeah, 100%. Um, we will get to that. We'll probably do a... <coughs> pardon me. We'll probably do a Champions League wrap next week, I think, where we'll talk about Man City because that is a back-and-forth thing at the moment, like I just said, where, you know, they don't they fail to score, they struggle, and they say, oh, should have signed Harry Kane. And then they have wins like they did against Chelsea. And people go, oh, no, no, they don't need Harry Gabriel Jesus. There's no bigger name than Jesus. No. Fuck no. Jesus it's is not the Beatles. Name. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, very good. Um, pretty um, pretty skank goal to decide it, don't you think? A scuffed effort yeah, after a rebound. Uh, as, a, as a bit of a striker myself. I, oh, uh, here we go. You're Sunday league. Oh, oh, oh. I uh I really like it. I love a striker goal like that where his defender up him, takes a touch, kind of makes a bit of room for himself and just does what he has to do to get it on target and score. Love that. Gets, gets the yeah. luck. Gets the um, luck because he creates the opportunity, yeah. The other thing, the only other thing I wanted to mention on this game was uh, he just, I wanted to not like him, but Jack Grealish <laughs> just impresses me so much. He, what, he, with his boyish good looks? Oh, that. And his football ability. He would light up a funeral, this guy. He is incredible. <laughs> He's is is great. <laughs> That's a compliment, yeah. No, he would just... There's no rest for Jack Grealish. You mean because he's like putting firecrackers in the coffin or... He looks nah, like a little bit of a lad, don't you think? He's doing stepovers and tricks around the coffin and then playing a wicked ball. He's excellent. With his massive calves. Yeah. Oh, my God. Freakish calves. Yeah. Freakish. I don't know. I still think he's more image than footballer, but remains to be seen. Yeah, no, I, I think he's a real deal. I really rate him. Um, he was good in this game. He sure. was very good in this game from what I saw. Um, 
We'll move along to the other game that was on at the same time. I know everyone's excited to hear about this. Our Man United listeners who hear us shit on them, hear you, <laughs> hear you shit on them every week. Uh, we'll love this, but they can just, they'll get it back next week when we talk about the Champions League because obviously Ronaldo was up and about this morning. But this is what I was thinking. Yeah. Nevertheless, they did lose at home. We'll do it for now. They did lose at home to Aston Villa. And boy, oh boy, were their scenes. Thoughts on this one? Great value, Villa. Um, I love seeing their fans outside the stadium doing the sweet. <laughs> or is yeah. it Sim now, apparently, as oh, he posted this morning? I don't, I don't He's know. changed it. I think Sui must have been trademarked. Someone got in there before him randomly. I don't know. But um, Villa were great value for this. Um, they, were, they were up in their face, as they say, all game. They marked Ronaldo out of it. He was like anonymous throughout, which is why I wonder, did they forget he was on the pitch? And that's why Bruno took the penalty. It doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't opt for <laughs> a CR7. I mean, Jesus. And yeah. it didn't even look like it had been pre-organized either. It seemed like Bruno pulled rank somehow. I guess I uh, Bruno's, Bruno's um, his penalty record's really good. Exceptional. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever. Um, we go back, we go back just a little bit to the Villa winner offside or no offside. Uh, I thought no offside, no offside. Which one are you calling out on? The guy so that scores the, it? No, the guy Courtney that scores Hall's. it is definitely onside, but there's a player yeah. on the keeper. Yeah. And there's nobody on the post for United. There was a few a few people on some pods I listened to this week thought it should have been offside. Others said, no way. What do you think? I'm ignoring it. I don't know. I didn't initially think it was offside and I'm glad that it wasn't called as such. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I've... I, 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 after the first time I saw it, I didn't really even look at it again. No, I, it took me a while <laughs> to... It, was, it wasn't until after the game they were talking about it and I was like, what was he talking about? Actually, it wasn't until after the game when Oli Gunnar Suskia the first thing he said about the game was, oh, well, the goal was offside. So never mind the fact you had Love 90 the- minutes at home to score against Villa. Just worry about the Love's offside goal. excuse, man. <laughs> it's probably Jurgen Klopp's Jesus. fault. He's always riding the referees. Like, it'll be, it'll be Jurgen Klopp's fault. consistently getting away with it. But, of course, um, everything's Klopp's fault. Yeah, no, the shout for the, the offside shout came from the player on the keeper fucking- is standing in, he's standing right in front of the keeper as the header is won. Okay. But, I don't think like the keeper is still has a clear view of the header and he's still free to move and be able to save that shot if he could. Um, yeah. So I but think if we get caught, if we get stuck now giving offsides for stuff like that, you know, we're on a slippery slope as it is with like toenail offsides. So I think that's fine. Um, the penalty penalty. Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. 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 I thought it was a pen. Pretty solid. Yeah. Did it go in? I wasn't too dishappy with it. <laughs> it went in it went in someone's boot after the game, I'm sure of it. <laughs> it was a very that David Beckham. Out. David Beckham at was it at Newcastle or where was it he put that penalty over the roof? I don't know. I think it was Newcastle, St. James's Park, yeah. I think yeah, it was. For England. Absolutely was it? belted it out. My memory's probably gotten away from me there, but oh, was let's it, agree it was with in it. Turkey. Let's agree with that. It was in Turkey. Never mind. Anyway, but yeah, uh, Bruno smacking the penalty What's the over. Difference? I got a good low out of it. 
I'm sorry, our Man United listeners, but they. I think if you're a Man United fan by now, you know that everyone hates you anyway, so you can deal with this shit. Yeah? Exactly. Have thicker skins is all we're saying. Love that. Have thicker skins. Just, just, <laughs> just get let over us, it. Let us beat up on you for content, please. Yeah, fine. <laughs> all right, moving on. You wanted to talk about, well, I don't think you do want to talk about it, but you did watch Leeds versus West Ham. And I believe you have some nice things to say about West Ham at the moment. No, not really. I wasn't that overly <laughs> impressed with them. I thought, <laughs> I thought, on, thought on balance, it was definitely a draw. Um, Leeds are just fine margins, lacking that. Fi- yeah, fine margins. Leeds are just lacking that killer, that killer touch. At one nil, Click has a really good chance to make it two. Doesn't, um, you know, the equalizer. It's. It's a deflection. It happens. You know, we give away a lot of chances. So eventually one's going to go in. And then it just, we're a little bit short on at the back. So there was a debut for, for Charlie Creswell, uh, 19 years old. Jamie Shackleton played it right back. And the two of them just didn't have the composure or really the, just, you know, the know-how to nullify that 90th minute chance. And Antonio is just so good. <laughs> He's so strong yeah. and fast and direct. Yep. A handful. You know, there were questions. Maybe he should have been sent off. Um, struck uh, Melier in the face when West Ham scored to equalize initially and then it was struck off. I think he was initially booked. I don't know. I don't really want to see him sent off for that, but yeah, still not <laughs> panicking. Still yeah. not panicking. As a football fan, you don't want to see him sent off for that, but as a Leeds fan, you did. I didn't really think red at the time, but then I listened to a couple of the Leeds pods and they were saying, <laughs> no, definitely off. And I was like, All right, I guess that's where we are. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think I didn't watch this particular game, but West Ham so far playing a bit of good football under the Moisaya. So they've got, they got a few good players, man. Uh, ben yeah. Rama, um, Bowen, um, yep. you know, and these are guys that play championship football as well. So. Yeah, their scouting's been good. They're obviously playing to a budget, but they're playing you know good decisive football. So they'll definitely be top ten this season, I think. West Ham. Not sure what their ceiling is. Yeah, I think they'll be aiming, aren't they? They're currently playing in the UEFA Conference League, I think, aren't they? Yeah, it's. I think they would. uh, I don't even know what position that is that you need to be for that. But I think they're. I I think they would realist. They'll be honestly targeting. It might be. Might be ambitious, but I think they will be targeting Europa football. I think for sure. And you can look around at how poorly Arsenal and Spurs are performing at the moment. Um, Leicester are off the boil. The same uh, Arsenal Everton that have won are, three in a row. Yeah, but look where they, they're still... <laughs> yeah, I get you. That's recovering you. from the start, yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to talk about Arsenal-Spurs? Seems like we're meandering into uh, it No, 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 we'll save it. We'll... Uh... We'll keep oh, okay. going and we'll go in we'll go order of the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I watched Watford versus Newcastle for uh, something different. I did want to watch Leeds West Ham that I thought you'd be watching that. So I'll watch something different. So our, our good listeners cool. can get a different, um, different perspective. Had nothing to do with the fact that a good mate of mine who was a Newcastle fan was over. Nothing to do with that. Um, it did have something to do with the fact that the first referee from outside of Great Britain or Ireland was in charge of a Premier League fixture, and that was Australia's very own Jared Gillett, 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 something like that. Gillett rhymes with fillet. <laughs> Filet-O-Fish. 
that's how you remember. Yeah, Jared Galeo Fish. <laughs> is that on the Macca's menu? <laughs> it is now. But yeah, he was in charge of this game. Um, and at f- well, the first 20 minutes or so, I thought, oh, he's, this is getting a bit, <laughs> bit out of hand. But it wasn't so much him. It was the style of... <laughs> It was the style of play from both sides. In the end, I thought he did a really good job in what was a really tough game with two pretty cagey sides nipping at each other and like a bit of antics going on. Um, he got booed off the ground by the Watford fans. I'm not really sure oh, why, because racism. Wat- Watford were <laughs> Watford were pretty brutal in some of their challenges. They got they got there was a lot of bookings, but they were all warranted in my view. They might have been ups- upset about the disallowed goal for offside, which was so clearly offside. You can't really be upset about it unless you want the laws of football changed. Unless you're booing about the laws of the game, in which case I don't know why you're at the game. But yeah, um, I really don't Make know what I said on this. Newcastle, to me, uh, <laughs> they played well. They played well enough to deserve a win while also playing bad enough to deserve to lose. Does that make sense? <laughs> that is the <laughs> fucking perfect way to describe oh, Newcastle. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. They had some patches, really good. Probably didn't get enough clear clear chances. They got their goal through a keeping mistake as well, as much as uh, Longstaff absolutely battered it. But um, Watford came home strong and probably should have won it. And then the... Um, Newcastle striker that came on got slipped through. It was one-on-one somehow. The goal all to himself with the keep, one-on-one with the keeper, and he just he tried some weird dink. All he had to do was kick it in the bloody net. It was so... I was frustrated for him as a striker, as my a num- fellow striker myself, you know. As a, my number one tip for fellow strikers is to just kick it hard. Lots of hard kicks. That's what's going to get your results. <laughs> kick ball hard, hit net, celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Don't even worry about the net. Just kick it hard. Uh, the oh, other back up point, what you're saying about yeah, go on. Back up what you're saying about Newcastle, their XG of 2.23 against Watford, which was like 0.7 or whatever. They definitely had the better of the play, better chances. Their mm. opportunity was definitely there to have won that game. Yeah, yeah, probably a, a very much two half game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty, one where draw, they should have been beyond was, doubt. A draw is probably fair as both sides not. Neither were really good enough to go and take it by the balls and get the winning goal. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I did get I got a massive kick out of Josh King hasn't scored in open play for like 34 or 35 games or something. He's well, scored a couple of penalties, but he hasn't scored from open play for 30 odd games. That's Matt Simon levels of atrocious, but he scored a tap in. <laughs> that ended up being offside, but he scored it 87th minute or something like that. Thought it was the winner, carried on, ran off, ripped his shirt off. Uh, Did he rip his shirt off? I can't remember. Either way, it was wild celebrations at Watford, Um, only for VAR to be like, no, sorry, mate, you're done. But it was a clear offside, so there can't really be any complaint. It was one of those, I'm not really sure how the linesman did miss it. But oh, it, right. it kind of is good that the linesman didn't flag it and then we got to see it was offside. <laughs> just, just for the lulls. Was it on yeah, Karen's just, bullet levels? <laughs> levels of yeah, fucking shit. Out it of was it. up there. It was up there. I just, I have this, I don't know. When a striker like that, sometimes it just blows my mind that 
they're on such good money playing top level football and don't have a goal for such a long period of time. Yeah, but that's some. He did streak. it. He did assist the equaliser for Watford. But yeah, that's all I've got on Watford Newcastle. There you go. Enjoy that. Magpies entertaining and... fixture. What a Watford! What's their mascot? Magpies uh, and the... uh, Hornets. Hornets. Yeah, the, the Hornets, Hornets from yeah. the Elton John stand. Well, there you With go. perhaps here we go. I'm going to alienate them from the get go. Perhaps oh, the worst home kit in the Premier League this season. Oh yeah, no nah, fair. Apart from Norwich. Yeah, Norwich shirts there's always something, shit. There's something about the yellow clubs, canary know. color. It's just disgusting. <laughs> anyway, did you want to talk about Brentford versus Liverpool at all? Yeah, what on earth are Crazy. Brentford doing? Do they Crazy. know their place? They shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Just take your beating, man. Yeah, I think if we were to go back, you and I had them both to get relegated. I still do. Do you? I'm not sure I yeah, do I anymore. Do. I think they're just showing enough. Ivan Tony looks like a good player. They they can score goals. They can defend well on their day. They didn't on this particular day, but still managed to score enough goals to get a result. I'm lucky not to get a winner yeah. too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think they just score. They score the scrappiest goals. I still. But... Think they're going to be better than three other teams this year, though. That's the thing. They seem. They seem too jammy at the moment i would like it's just it's not like the brentford um in the championship that i was seeing it's more it seems more disjointed it seems like they're relying more on the individual abilities of their team rather than like presenting some sort of organized unit or whatever which is probably okay. why they're still shipping goals as well interesting um but in I saying th- that I you know the they're like they're in the top three of the xg okay what do you reckon then yeah no do i just like think that, that- they're giving me Sheffield United vibes of their first season up with their, uh, yeah. in terms of their their whole team approach of just getting out there with a lot of energy. It may look like they don't have much of a plan sometimes, but they're just hitting teams with the raw energy and adrenaline of being up. Um, it might come back to hurt them later in the season, but for now, yeah, I think, they're, I think they know what they're doing at this point. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't want to wish him any ill will because I think we said um, in the preview, I, I was excited to see them play. I just didn't think they would be able to piece it together over the course of the season. Yeah. You know, they'll definitely win games. I just, I don't know. I look at teams like Burnley and Newcastle, you know, the other, you know, they're perhaps only other teams that are down there and Southampton even, but Southampton are still grinding out results against big teams. So, yeah. I don't know. The relegation battle looks really interesting this season, other than Norwich and then maybe Watford. But I think, who that third team goes down is going to be yeah. really tight. I think the standard is maybe for the relegation is like the teams that were down there last year are maybe looking a little higher, a little better than they were last season at the moment. So like Burnley, yeah, I reckon Burnley seem to have a bit more about them, but I still I kind of want them to go down. Newcastle, it's I'd say. I'm not sure they, yeah, I think Newcastle were a serious trouble for being that third team. Norwich, Watford and Newcastle at this point for me are the three worst teams in the competition. Shit, be cool. Yeah. So there, there you go. Where does this put Liverpool? Um, oh, so yeah, sorry, on Liverpool, um, bloody hell, Salah is just a machine again. He looks as good as he has ever been for Liverpool. Yep. Was it fastest player to 100 goals? 
Yeah, for, for Liverpool or in the Premier for League. For Liverpool? Uh, yeah, for Liverpool. Yeah, I just, no, I'm just not sure a if... A bunch Liverpool, of records. For Liverpool in the top flight overall or just in the Premier League era, I'm not 100% on that. Okay. I think it's in it's in its entirety because he beat Here a record go, from the it. 80s or 70s. Liverpool is, listeners um, will be tearing their hair out right now listening to I've us. I've got hang on, I've got I've got the facts here quick. The right, Premier League records it. that most that most Salah currently holds: most goals in one season, thirty-two; most Premier League goals as a winger, one hundred; most opening match days scored in consecutively, five; most Player of the Months in one season, three; most teams scored against in one season, eighteen; most games like it just goes on and on. And all these records he's disposed; these are the players he's taken them off of. Suarez, Ronaldo, Sheringham, Aguero, Van Persie, Shearer, Drogba. Like, he is annihilating the greats of the Premier yeah. League. He is going down wonder, as a great. Maybe the best in the Premier League era. Like, I just, I wonder if we're kind of missing this progression of Salah going into absolute immortal status in the in the English game. Uh Maybe, yeah. Also, I'm not sure how much of it comes down to um, our own kind of, our age group. You know what I mean? How like everything when you were like 13 or 14 is better. So like nostalgia makes us think that players like Shearer and all that were better. Um, But yeah, Salah absolutely. Who could be better than Drogba? (laughs) And people will take the piss out of Chelsea. Oh, I can't believe they sold him, but. You just don't know what a player is going to become. You don't know what they're going to do with a change of scenery, change of setting. You have no idea. You cannot. You cannot possibly. You cannot possibly predict that a player like Salah, given how he was at uh, back in the day, and even how he was at Roma, you can never predict that he was going to become this. So um, there you have it. Not bad for a shit Henri. Not bad for the one season wonder. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, where does this leave Liverpool? Uh, you know, a top four prospect for sure. I just, uh, uh, slipping up to Brentford might not be in the long run the worst thing. If they do have a Sheffield United season, it could just be a thing that happens across I the board. I think they're fine. I think Liverpool are fine. Yeah. 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 It's a blip. Minor blip. 100%. Um, it's going to happen. Teams are going to drop points. It's football. I mean, and we'll probably talk about this in the Champions League pod, but they did the flip of what Chelsea and City did and they rested a few and then went into the Champions League and tore it up. Yeah, they did. All right. We might leave it there for the Saturday action. Onto the Sunday. Um, I caught the second half of this game. We're not going to talk about it too much, but Southampton lost to Wolves at home. Um, I think if I was going to sum this game up, with a couple of lines, it would be that I'm a little concerned for Southampton. Don't seem to have replaced Ings at all. And nice. for Wolves, I'm absolutely thrilled for Raul Jimenez getting on the score sheet. Amazing. Like, it was 300-odd days since he cracked his skull open. A um, terrifying injury. Just... Oh, bro. Yeah. It's just, it was of gross proportions. And the guy... It, I mean, it takes some sort of resilience to come back and want to play again and put yourself in that position to score goals too. So that was great. Yep. Fucking great to see. Yeah. Any thoughts on Southampton from you? They, uh, Leeds played them in a couple They're of weeks. Concerning. So they, I For don't them. know. They've drawn against City and United, which are great draws. 
I just wonder if they get a soft run, maybe they can string a couple wins together and be okay. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have them going down in 18th. Um I think they've got enough individual talent. Che Adams should still be doing the job. I think uh, they do to be too. Honest, I haven't looked... It's just a worry at the moment yeah. I think for them. You know, Definitely. the goals. Mm. They're not there, the wins aren't coming. Yeah. Yep. Moving on, the absolute <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> what, did you mess- what did you message me? <laughs> what did I message you? It was just, what the fuck, Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Arsenal? Um, Arsenal versus Spurs. I know we've talked about Arsenal a bit this season, but North London derby, so kind of have to. Important, um, always important for both of these sides. Arsenal getting the win 3-1, three games in a row now with a win. Very important after their start to the season. Tottenham in absolute tatters. Um, Free this, this game, uh, never a more perfect example of uh, two different... Uh, I don't know really how to say it, but like Arsenal were really good and looked very exciting. But equally, Spurs looked absolutely horrendous. They were atrocious. Um, and even for all that, they still made enough chances to maybe nick something out of the game. <laughs> just it totally sums up both sides um season so far and the game really well I, I think the best thing i read about it was was arsenal's plan that good was arteta's plan that good or was nuno's lack of a plan so meaningless yeah that arsenal were just able to dictate things that is that is the way uh, it feels um i guess from an arsenal perspective they have to be thrilled with that at home it's an example of the sort of football that they can play. I just, um, obviously, when they come again, come up against sides that are better organized and tactically ready for them, they don't get to play like that. But it, it just shows if you do let these guys play, there are some absolute talents in this side, some very exciting young talents as well. Um, the big one being talked about is Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, Tommy Yasu big got man of weeks. the match, the fullback. But Emil Smith-Rowe is... Um, He's an academy Arsenal. He's an Arsenal academy player. Um, I believe Saka is too. So two Arsenal academy players mm-hmm. starting in a North London derby. Emil Smith Rowe scoring the goal. Saka getting one as well. Uh, Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Someone on the football ramble said he has been a disgrace so far this season. I honestly think that's being generous. He has been absolutely a disgrace. He has been a disgrace this season. <laughs> and even he popped up with a goal. So. Hopefully that gets him rolling. <laughs> Even yeah. Uber scored. But yeah, uh, seeing academy players come through for a club and scoring in big games, that's what we love. That's, I know that's how much, that's what we love about Adelaide every time we watch Adelaide sure. United. So um, it's good to see that for Arsenal. For Spurs, um, Nuno is just not the man, I don't think. It looks like he's just got no idea. They had absolutely no midfield. Uh, Hoiberg, Dele Alli, and uh, and Dombele was the other one in there. Just and Dombele, yeah, absolutely lost all over the place. Walking I think around, it was man. Dele Alli and, and Dombele more so than Hoiberg, but um, yeah. And it's just like Eric Dyer lofting long balls up to Harry Kane, who can't win it against three defenders. Like he's he's got no support. No one is around him. He looks like a Harry Kane at the moment. Looks like a player who was expecting to play for Man City. He had. He did post that stuff on social media that was very much like a farewell 
to the Spurs fans. And yet here he is. He's ended up stuck there. He's not in form. He can't score a goal at the moment. And um, yeah, he had a really good chance in the first, second half where he was slipped through and uh, kind of a one-on-one, like one-on-one kind of with a defender closing in. And he just, it's a chance you'd expect him to bury and he just fluffed it, put it wide. Uh, he looks a shadow of his former self. He stumbled, he stumbled on the ball, turned it over for the third goal. And then he, out of the whole Spurs side, he was the player that ended up chasing Arsenal's counter-attack, made a slide tackle in the box on Saka, got really unlucky. The ball stayed with Saka and he scored the third goal. But um, yeah, that, that speaks volumes for Spurs at the moment is a player who sh- shouldn't even be playing for them is the one showing the most heart at the moment. That's brilliant. Brilliant summation. Um, and I think Spurs fans would be in wholehearted agreeance. I mean, you know, other than the really, really narrow, narrow eyed. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, Spurs are in a little bit of strife, perhaps. Or, you know, maybe they're just going to peter out to mid table mediocrity and it won't matter. They were top at the, uh, the international break, the first international break, they were top. Yeah, but even we said we said they were an unconvincing <laughs> top of the table. Yeah, they were, and now they've now been battered by three London games in a row. They were battered by Chelsea three 0 at home, battered by Palace, and now battered by Arsenal. So, yeah, tough times. Tough times. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> we'll see how long Nuno keeps the job. I mean. Are there any other big managers available? This is the thing. And who would come in and take them over anyway? It's just a, it's an absolute shambles situation at the moment. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Might leave that one there. The last one that we, I think we're going to talk about was the last game of the round. Uh, this one is always pretty heated out of nowhere. I didn't expect, I didn't realize how heated this fixture was, but Crystal Palace versus Brighton, there's a bit of heat there between the fans, often a bit yeah, going why? on. Do we know why? Um, I don't really know. I'm sure we could Google it. Just add it to the list of things we'll Google one day. I'm not this again. <laughs> Every week. I'm not Googling anything, man. Every week. I'm adding it to the list. And then one day we'll check the list and there'll be like 24 pages of shit we should have Googled. <laughs> but anyway, Palace versus Brighton. I've been really enjoying Palace this season. I don't know if it's the Eduard, the Vieira factor, the Wilfred Zaha factor. I don't know. They're just, they're a club I don't mind watching. Conor so Gallagher factor. Gallagher, excellent. The Selhurst Park atmosphere, always excellent. And then on the other side, we've got Brighton, who we thought were probably always capable of better football. Because, Well, not better football, better results, because they always played pretty good football under Potter. Now they're getting results in their favour as well. Um, they got a bit lucky at the end with the keeper giving yeah, the ball away. Right and then Neil Mope lobbing the keeper and then running off to celebrate in front of the Palace crowd, geeing them all up because... Neil Mopay is a prick. <laughs> oh, there it is. He is. He is. Yeah, He's one up. of the week. He's right up Neil there Mopay. on the list. Brick of the yeah. week. Yeah. What do you think of this one? What do you think of these two sides? I loved it. This is such a great mid-table clash in the Premier League. Isn't it and just? Like we, like we said prior uh, at the top of the pod, dude, I'm, I'm flat out trying to think and talk right now. Uh, <laughs> um. Fucking Palace and oh no the the fans the fans in these games are what yep. really geeing this up and it's really bringing just the you know the theater of the occasion back and I think it's 
it's amplifying the performance of the players. And that's why we're yep. enjoying these games more. This was a great game. Um, I think a draw was perfectly fair. It was just crazy because Brighton could have gone top if they had won this. Um, <laughs> you know, this they're doing the Everton of the previous season where really good start. It, it'll, it'll drop out. I don't know where they're going to finish in the end. Hopefully not anywhere near the bottom because they deserve better than that. I just think it's funny that they sell Ben White for 50 million pounds and now they're a, <laughs> and now they're a top five hopeful. Yeah. I don't, they're not realistically a top five hopeful. I don't think um, no. a one will draw with Palace after being behind a lot of the game shows that. But um, for the size of club they are, for the funds they have, um, for Potter to do what he does with this squad, um, yeah, pretty impressive. They punch yeah. above their weight. Hell yeah. It's a testament of managerial substance, and I love it. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps up top flight football from the weekend. Hopefully this week is uh, just as exciting, but it won't be. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an interlull, interdull. The fucking dreaded break. The dreaded international weekend approaches. I'm going to have to go out and do stuff. <laughs> yeah. We might just... um. In the time remaining, we might just have a quick look at Adelaide United were back in action on the weekend. They played Floria Athena from Perth in the FFA Cup. Um, we made hard work of this one, went to extra time. Um, I wasn't able to watch the game because I was at football. I believe you weren't able to watch the game because you were working. So neither of us unable. saw this game. But if we're going by social media we can pick up a bit about this do you have any notes on the weekend's Adelaide United action I only had positive things to say good that is that's good but mainly about Bernardo the debut of Bernardo love that um little he had an he had an outstanding game um 74 he had a really really how do you you know, know top 70 minutes huh how do you know uh, well, <laughs> from all reports, from all from reports. the seven minute highlight package that I watched. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. He was always going to be good because he's been ripping it up in the MPO. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a scrappy result that was forced into extra time. It maybe exemplifies the problems we may have at center back. If Jakobsen and yep. um, Ansel can't get on the pitch. Because these guys seem like they're, if they start injured, it's not a great sign, really. It seems to always yeah. follow on to the season. Yeah. So um, my my thoughts pretty much are, well, the reaction on social media was pretty heavy from Adelaide fans. We know Reds fans love getting in a half. And this week was no different. It's a pastime. People, people absolutely outraged that we went to extra time <laughs> with this team are at the the bulk end of their season, their season's done and they're, they're at full fitness hitting this game at full stride. I know it's MPL versus A-League, but we've had a long layoff. The side have only just gone back to training very recently. Um, we're still piecing the squad together. We had a bunch of MPL kids in there playing. Um, I'm not too worried about it at this point. Would have been nice to win in 90 minutes against an MPL side, sure. But, you know, trip to Perth, Perth, Perth. <laughs> Under these circumstances, um, yeah, my only concern was that um, 
there seems to be a lot of chat about Timotheu being absolutely pish. And uh, mm. yes, this kind of plays into a little bit what we thought of last season. My worry is he will just, I think he'll get better than for more reports. Obviously, I didn't see it. He had a bad game. We've seen him play okay. I'm just not sure he can be any more than okay. And I don't think Nick Ansel can be anything more than Timotheus okay. Yeah, uh, that's. I might reserve judgment on Ansel until we see him. Yeah, I'm reserving it. I just that's that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah, little bit. I mean, Trat looks not great from the people that I spoke to about the game, and so that does that really leave us with Jakobsen and then a choice of three other guys who may or may not perform on the day. It's, you know, it doesn't, and this is obviously the way we're going to go into the season. This looks to be our weak link. And so I think all we can hope for is that we play four up front. We play uh, Bernardo, we play Iroquinda, uh, you know, we play Yangi and both Torres <laughs> and we just try and score seven and yeah. you know, seven, six. I'm a, uh, I don't think we'll, I'm immediately skeptical that we can reach anywhere close to what we did last season. I would I think, not think we make finals. I think this season is going to be a struggle, but I'm still excited because I love the idea of watching a bunch of young Adelaide kids get out there and run amok in attack, yeah, which is what great. we always seem to do. So I still, and I still think, you know, we can, we can hurt teams at home. So the only other thing I'd say about Adelaide at this point is I do encourage people to get amongst it. Get amongst Please. it this season. Get to High Marsh. Hang out with your mates. Have some beers. Go to the pub. Have a few there. Um, it's good fun. People complain about the football. It might be pricey for the quality you get, but it's local football with your mates. Get around it. Have some fun. Get involved. Watch yep, some whatever. absolute uh, superstars of the Adelaide scene rock their stuff on the national level. That's all I yeah, got. Yeah, we have... We have such an abundance of young talent. Maybe the maybe South Australia is like the new uh, fucking fountain of of youth. In the fountain nation. of youth. <laughs> I've pulled up. I found I found Bernardo's stats that I had saved here. Hang on. He had four shots, two on target, dribble completed, two crosses completed, five on seven duels, one four fouls, one. All action performance. Brilliant. I think. Yeah. For a debutant. Um, he's got skill. He's got talent. Alligator's son got a run. Uh, his first name escapes me, but he looked promising as well. He's been playing well in the reserves. Um, that Urukunda that I'd mentioned earlier, she's been signed to a scholarship deal. So that's another young, yep. exciting. I think he's 15. He may have just turned 16. Another young talent. Uh, Johnny Yule hopefully gets a go. The two keepers, Delinov and Gauchi, are going to come to their own this season like because they're obviously going to have a lot of work. This is this is going to be an exciting season. We're gonna we're gonna belt team some weeks, and we're gonna get absolutely humped <laughs> some weeks as well. But yep. those are the, in a way, those are kind of the best weeks because they're the games that you focus less on what's happening on the pitch and more on the people you're at the game with, and they sort of turn into the to the more <laughs> enjoyable games. The, the social so, side of watching football is yeah, uh, which is very which is very much be. prevalent when following the A League. Yeah. Have you yeah, got anything 
Have you got anything else to add for this week? Are we done? Well, there was the big, there was the <laughs> big A League logo, yeah, rebrand. <laughs> was there? Do you like it? I don't give a shit, eh? I don't care. Everyone's making a big deal about it. It's funny, whatever. I don't, I don't really care either way. Have you read? Have you read into the into the the concept behind it though? It was supposed to like signify the the merger of the the W League, the A League, and the Youth League all into equal footing Australians League. In what way does and that logo incorporate that? Oh, the logo does not at all reflect that. Okay, no. yeah, okay. The, if I was totally stretching about the logo, I could maybe argue. I think on the kits when you su- when it's I've seen them superimposed on some mock kits. And it looks like it just sort of blends into the background. I think it may be on the sleeve this season as well. It's not yep. going to be on the chest. And I, I just when you know if you if I'm like I said I'm reaching here. Yeah. But do you think the idea of the governing body fading into the background after the whole fuck the FFA debacle, where the FFA were such a prominent figure in the game, and fans in the in the stands, man, were attributing their poor experience of the game directly to them. Do you think maybe this is them just saying, okay, we're not in charge anymore. The clubs are in charge. We're going to try and get out of the way. And maybe, maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah, potentially. I don't know who was in charge of it though, who had the say in marketing this. Um, they commissioned some sort of marketing firm for it. So Okay. Yeah. They would have had a brief or whatever. I don't feel too strongly about it either way. Um, you know, it's just a logo at the end of the day. Um, the thing is with the A-League that people laugh at, people laugh about stuff in the A-League. I feel like sometimes they just laugh at stuff because it's not 100 years old, like stuff, cringe, in, yeah. like stuff in Europe, like cultural cringe. And it's like, who honestly cares? We have to start somewhere. It's fine. Leave it. Carry on. It's just when people mock it, I, I always think it's, just people sort of um, own lack of ability to create something within themselves. You know, like you have a really rare and op- opportunity to start at the ground up of something. And like these traditions and foundations of things you've carried on for a hundred years, you could be the, the group of people that start it. And like, what's more exciting than that? <laughs> yeah. No, fair argument. Yeah. Um, so long story short, get around Adelaide United this season. Yeah, please. Please, yeah. oh my god! Because we're Can't not we're not going to get the stadium upgrade we deserve until we sell it out. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. We might wrap it there for this week. It's been good, good chatting as usual. You happy? Love to, a bit of football chat. Happy so. to wrap that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get the hell out of here, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll probably, I think, we're gonna just completely brush aside the internationals and pretend they didn't happen. And depends we'll probably, on the Socceroos go, man. We can probably talk about the Socceroos, but I mean, all the European crap, stuff like oh, that. Yeah, we'll dive into a bit of the Champions League because it's been the Champions League has been excellent match day one and match day two. There's plenty to talk about there, a lot of talking points. So <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's going to be great. There's been Bye. some good games. Go, Sharif. <laughs>